you, kids, uh, for doing that. Thank you, Adora, for leading us in worship this morning. I don't know about you, but that's just good for the soul this week. Hopefully you're tuning in live, and if you're watching after, thank you for checking in. Also, a simple way to show and share Jesus is like, subscribe, follow. And we're looking forward to all that God has in store uh, in, in this next time. We're grateful for all the work that God's doing, and I'm excited to wrap up the series today on foundations, building our life on solid ground. And today is about Jesus, our coming King. As a kid, I remember watching a film called Thief in the Night. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it was kind of a low-budget Christian film from the 70s on the second coming of Jesus. I don't remember all the details of the film, but what I do remember is being scared out of my mind about Jesus coming back. To think that in a moment, all these people would disappear and then the world would be left in chaos. There was more than one occasion as a child when I thought about the second coming of Jesus, not as a positive thing, but as a scary thing. So what about you? When you think about the second coming of Jesus, what comes to your mind? Is it something that is positive, scary, confusing, doubtful? Because our perceptions affect the way we live out our faith. I remember a friend of mine telling me that people really aren't concerned about the afterlife. So why really talk about it in preaching? Just talk about the here and now. And maybe for some periods of time, that's what it felt like. But currently, with everything that's happening in our world, with the instability, chaos, challenges, there is something that I believe people are looking for beyond this world, beyond the here and now. And so when I think about the second coming of Jesus... It's a hope that we can hold on to. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 18, we read, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The second coming of Jesus should be a point of encouragement for us, that we look forward to it, that we shouldn't be dreading it, but waiting in hope and encouragement for that trumpet sound in the return of Christ. Jesus is coming back. Now, as Neighborhood Church, we're part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and the Alliance logo is this. And it frames in this concept within the alliance that we talk about called the fourfold gospel. That Jesus is our savior, sanctifier, healer, and coming king. And that world in the background is that we are here to fulfill the great commission and sharing Jesus throughout the world. Now that little symbol of a crown on that logo is pointing towards Jesus, our coming king. On the alliance website and the statement of faith, it puts it like this. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent and will be personal, visible, and premillennial. This is the believer's blessed hope and is a vital truth which is an incentive to holy living and faithful service. In other words, just to repackage that, we believe that Jesus could come back at any time. That's what imminent means. That at any time Jesus could return. 
We also believe that it's going to be personal and visible, that he's going to come back physically and we're going to be able to see him. This is not a spiritual returning. It's literally Jesus coming back. And that when he comes back, he will set up his physical rule and reign for a thousand years. That's what premillennial means. As we explore the second coming of Jesus, there are a few things this morning that I want to remind you of that I've already stated, but I want to take apart a little bit more. So the first thing is to believe in the second coming of Jesus, we must believe in the first. <laughs> it sounds simple, but if you believe that Jesus is going to come again, you have to believe that he first came the first time. In a few weeks, we are going to celebrate Advent. Advent means basically coming. And in Advent, we celebrate the first coming of Jesus, and we look forward to the second coming of Jesus. And as we look back, according to history, the Bible, millions, if not billions of followers of Jesus Christ, we can see that Jesus is not a myth, that he was truly born, lived, did what he said he would do, died on a cross, rose again, ascended to heaven, and ultimately he is coming back. In his own words in John 14, Jesus states this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that was not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus is plainly talking. He is not trying to make this a hidden secret. When he was here, he said, I am here, but I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and I'm going to return. Where's this place that he went to? Well, as we look across scripture, we can see that it talks about he ascended into heaven. And the place that he's preparing for us is much broader than even heaven. As I preached back in August, you can go check out that message online when I preached a message about heaven. I believe heaven is the renewal of all things. And that when, in the final consummation, when, when everything is said and done, we will live in a renewed heaven and a renewed earth with Jesus, the King of all kings. Jesus said that he came, and he also stated that he goes to prepare a place, and he's coming back. We also read in the book of Acts, in chapter 1, right after Acts 1.8, which states, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You're familiar with that verse if you're part of Neighborhood Church, because we talk about that all the time. But we don't talk about Acts 1.9-11 often. But in Acts 1.9-11, it states this. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before, beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Again, you see, Jesus came to this earth. He was here, born of a virgin, lived, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and now even angels are saying the same way that you saw him go, he is coming back. And this is not just a New Testament concept. 
In the Old Testament, we read it in the book of Zechariah, chapter 14, verse 4. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. The first coming of Jesus, he came in an obscure stable, obscure village. Nobody or very few people recognized his first coming. But his second coming will be glorious and visible and all the world will recognize it. So to believe in the second coming of Jesus, we must believe in the first. The second thing is, God will come back soon, but on his schedule. Edward C. Edward, Edgar C. Wisnent, a former NASA engineer and Bible student, predicted the rapture would occur in 1988. Now, if you were born much before that, you might have remembered the book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Would Come Back in 1998 or 1988. When Jesus did not return in 1988, Edgar made future predictions of 1989, 1993, 94, 97. And like any of you would know that over time that his following dwindled and people paid less attention to what he was saying. More recently, in 2011, you might have seen these billboards saying Judgment Day, May 21st, 2011. Remember that hype around there? And clearly, Jesus didn't come back on any of those days because Scripture tells us he will come back on his schedule. Not because it says it on a billboard or not because somebody has 88 reasons why it's going to come back on their schedule. In 2 Peter 3.10, we read, But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Or in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. Jesus also talks in Matthew 24.36 in his own words, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Jesus himself, who is God, says, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. No one knows the exact schedule of Jesus' return. But we know it's soon. We know it's soon. In Revelation, Jesus says, he is coming soon. Three times. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. We see it again and again. That Jesus says, wait and be ready. In the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached that first message to that crowd in Jerusalem, He quoted from the book of Joel. And that passage begins with, in the last days. Peter recognized we were entering into a period of history that were the last days. We are 2,000 years closer to the return of Jesus in these last days. And Jesus is coming back. But it's on his schedule, not ours. Which leads to the third idea. We cannot predict the exact time of the return of Jesus, but we can prepare. We cannot predict the exact return of Jesus, but we can prepare. If you've been around the church for any length of time, 
There's always certain people who are fascinated with the end times. And when you ask what book you want to study, they're constantly like, Revelation, the book of Daniel, anything about prophecy and end times. And I love it. And I want to encourage you to study the Bible, understand the Bible, study prophecy, understand prophecy. But all of this study of the end times should move us towards preparing ourselves for his return. I highly doubt when Jesus comes back, if someone's going to pull out their Bible and be like, did I get it right? It's a little late for that and it's not going to matter because Jesus is going to have already returned. I also can't picture when Jesus comes back that he's going to sit down and say like, let's have a theological discussion about my coming. It's going to be too late for that. And when he comes back, he is coming back as the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, to establish his rule and reign forever. So yes, let's study, but let's prepare. I once heard a man speak who had the whole book of Revelation memorized. He knew it word for word, and he would come to churches in different gatherings and present it in a dramatic fashion to whole audiences sitting there. At the end of listening to one of these presentations, there was a time of question and answers that I sat in. And a person raised their hand and said, what is the blessing talked about in the book of Revelation for knowing this book? Because it talks in the book of Revelation, blessed are those who know the words and the prophecies that are written here. And this gentleman went on to explain and he stated it like this. He said it's like being in a classroom and the teacher steps out of that classroom to go and do something. The students know, don't know exactly when that, that teacher is coming back, but you know when a teacher walks out of the classroom, what happens? Students start talking, they start messing around, they start doing all these different things. They're having a great time. Teacher's not around. And he said, it's like I was sitting in that classroom and I walked over to the door and I peeked my myself down the hall. And I took a look and I saw the teacher was coming. And so I went back in, sat down at my desk, prepared to make sure that I was ready when the teacher returned. So I ask you, are you prepared? Do you have that sense of anticipation that Jesus could come back at any time? Are you ready and waiting, but not just waiting, are you preparing and working towards his second coming. It tells us in scripture that we can be part of bringing back the king. That even though we can't predict the day and the hour, we can be about the work of God. In Matthew 25, 31, Jesus talks about one day that all of us will stand before him and we will give an account for our actions. And that there will be a final judgment. And here are some of the words in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31. And we read, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. In these words we see a few things. First, we see Jesus is coming back in all his glory with the angels. 
that we are going to see this and it's going to be a glorious day. We also see that he is going to set up his rule and sit upon his throne. That he is going to be the king of all kings and the ruler of all. Third, we see that all nations will be gathered before him and all people will stand before him for judgment. This is not an invitation. This is Jesus saying, you will stand before me and give an account for your life. And at that moment, it talks how he will separate them in two groups. The sheep will be on his right hand, which will be the hand of mercy. And the goats will be on his left hand, the hand of judgment. And in this, if you read on in the section, you see of what this judgment is being based on. And Jesus, go, Jesus goes on to say it. He says, what did you do when you saw people hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, sick, in prison? Did you go and visit? Did you go and help? Because whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. For both the sheep and the goats, they will have to give an account for their lives in front of King Jesus. So I ask you again, are you ready? Are you preparing for the return of the king? We cannot predict the exact time of the second coming of Jesus, but we can prepare. Now, I could get into all the technical aspects of what this looks like and talk about the rider on the white horse and all of those who rebel against and fight against King Jesus will ultimately lose. I could talk about how all those who died will meet him in the air and come back and rule and reign with him for a thousand years. But I want to dig in a little bit more to what is your role in this? How can you be a part of bringing back the king? Because your life matters. Your behavior matters. Your service to the king matters. We read in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations, all people will hear it. And then the end will come. That all people will be given an opportunity to hear that Jesus is the the one who can save, that he is the coming king. Being a part of sharing and showing Jesus to those around you, helping people say their first yes to Jesus is getting the king one step closer to coming back. So when you take action yourself, when you share your faith, when you show Jesus to the least of these around you, you are actually ushering back the King through your life. All of us are going to meet Jesus one day. If we've died, we'll meet him in the resurrection. If we're alive when he comes, we'll meet him in the clouds. But more important than that is when you stand before him, what will you feel? What will be your response? Will your response be worship? That you have been working and loving the king and spreading his kingdom around you? Or will it be fear and trembling, knowing that you didn't know the king or you weren't doing what the king had asked you to do? 
So I ask you this question that has been asked thousands, if not millions of times to many different people. If you stood before Jesus today and he said, and he said to you, why should I let you into my perfect kingdom, my perfect heaven? What would your response be? What would you say? For me, I would say, as the song says, <laughs> my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. I dare not trust in sweetest thing, but fully rely on Jesus' name. My hope is not rooted in myself. My hope is not rooted in my actions, but in the life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. He is my hope. He is my life. He is my forgiver. He is my savior, sanctifier, healer, and coming king. So what would you say? We will all stand before Jesus one day. And what will your response be? If you have never said your first yes to Jesus, I would encourage you today to invite King Jesus to take up his rule and reign in your life. To say, Jesus, I want you to be my king, my savior, my forgiver, my healer. And I want to long for you, your coming, your return. And if you have already said yes to Jesus, be ready, be watching, be more than waiting. <laughs> Be working, not because you feel like you have to work, but because you want to bring back the king. That one day when we stand before him, we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That you have faithfully lived out my kingdom here on earth. My hope and prayer is that we can be a part of welcoming Jesus back, whether it's in our lifetime or in a different lifetime, let's be ready, waiting, preparing, and working as part of his kingdom. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are listening to this, watching this, a part of this. And I pray, God, for those who have not yet said yes to Jesus, may this in no way be a response out of fear, but a, a simple welcoming in and saying a yes to Jesus and saying, God, I want you to be my king my ruler, the one who is in charge of my life. God, may we give ourselves fully and wholly to you. And for those who have already said yes to Jesus, may you bring revival, a renewal of perspective, a coming back that we would want to, love to, fully be waiting, preparing, and working and ushering in the King. And as you said in your, the Lord's prayer, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, King of all kings and Lord of all lords, we wait in eager expectation of your second coming. In Jesus' name, amen.